Hey there, folks. Episode number 63. Welcome back to the Uticast. And today, uh, against my better judgment, I have allowed my quasi-boss, good-time friend, buddy, pal, the man behind Made in Utica, Justin Parkinson, is here uh, to be interviewed, getting ready for a downtown get-down. Uh, I want you to know, he asked... Very, very nicely. We didn't just put him on for no reason. He asked very nicely. But we have a great story with him. We're going to get excited for Downtown Get Down. We also have some very strange news stories to cover this week. Plus, I got a special segment about the Salvation Army. All of that and more coming up. Episode number 63. Kevin Sullivan, episode 63. Made it to 63. 63. Count them down. Uh, it was 56 degrees out this morning when I woke up. It was work. really cold. Very cold It's been getting morning. cold at night now. That's how you can tell the seasons are changing. And now it's 83. So that's a that's almost a 30 degree shift in temperature. It's a big swing in temperature. You must have had a tough time out there trying to change dress for the weather. No, it's, it's just weird. Like, this is the time of year I get sick. And I think this is probably why, right? It's that mm-hmm. weird... Like, it's sort of warm when you go to bed, so I don't want to, like, get all wrapped up in the covers, and then I wake up and it's, like, freezing cold, right? Yeah, they always say when the temperature changes so much, that's when people get sick. Yeah. I, that's what they say. I don't really know who they, they are, but I've, I've heard it enough where it yeah. makes sense to me. Uh, but yeah, 83 degrees out currently at uh, middle of the day as we record this. I am in break between work and my first grad school class. Busy Monday for yeah, you. Yeah, first grad school class, and i got to come back after grad school. And finish the rest of the podcast. Uh, and of course, this real hero out here on Mondays. Mondays are going to be rough now from going forward for, busy for your day. boy Famo. Um, Justin Parkinson is here this week, uh, back on the show as an interview, not a uh, guest. The host. Justin Parkinson interview. Yeah, uh, look, you know, uh, and I know what people are going to say. They're going to say, "Oh, it's just you interviewing your buddy." Uh, well, yeah, it's it is just me interviewing me about my buddy. He just happens to be. Uh, the co-owner of Maiden Utica, and one of the more polarizing figures in the community, I would say. And I, and I mean that with total, I mean that with total, uh, like, I'm, I'm happy that he is the person he is, right? Like, I wouldn't have many other, well, I, <laughs> you're, you're, I was just See? about to say I wouldn't take him any other way. Almost I would take, had yourself sold Almost had myself, if you could You were doing him, a great job, you were selling me, I was sitting here, no, I was like, no, wait no. a minute. Uh, well, again, look, uh. Justin Parkinson, controversial figure, polarizing guy, but he does great work for the city, and he's helped to build Maiden Utica, and I think that he, I think he's doing great work for the city. I don't think there's any question about that. Whether you, you can question him as a, as his business practices and the way he carries himself or whatever, and his attitude, and like the way that he's sort of low-key and does his own way. Right. Uh, but you cannot question the results. He's been very successful. Uh, he's very, very talented. He's almost a little under undersold about how talented he is, especially when it comes to web design. Uh, anyhow... Great interview with him. Had a nice time. Uh, I didn't see you yesterday during the interview. I was over at Maiden Utica headquarters doing the interview. You were doing something else. 
I did. Um, I was just hanging out, and our friend came over to the house, and he was like, "Hey, you want to go see Blink One Eighty Two with a couple other people in Saratoga?" Out of nowhere. And I was—I gotta tell you, man—I was sitting there, and I was so on the fence. Even since I've gone, I'm on the fence about should I have gone, because like it was my first day off after like a long week. You know yeah. what I mean? I was really looking forward to like it was Sunday. It was nice out. But then I realized that 16-year-old me would have been so angry at 30-year-old me for mm. being lame enough to be mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to stay home and do laundry and go grocery shopping. So I had to go to Blink, and it was good. They were uh, they were fun. 16-year-old, you would have seen the original Blink lineup, though. That's, That's the true. Only... They did a good job. They were serviceable, even with the new guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The other bands were good. But it's always fun to go to Saratoga because the tailgate area is so great. Like yes. all the different parks and parking lots and all the space they have. It's a really fun place. It's a nice place to see a show. Yeah, I tried desperately to convince myself that somehow I would be able to go to the concert and still do the podcast interview and still get work done yesterday. Right. I was wrong. It would never have happened. No, I got home. My God, I got home at like 2 in the morning. Did you guys get home late? I I went to bed early. super late. We went back to our friend's apartment in Saratoga, our buddy John, who lives out in Saratoga. Yeah. Shout out, John. One of the best. Uh, what did you think of Blink-182? This is a big band for us, nostalgically. It's it was, tough to watch them 15 years later, right? It was, I mean, it was fun. It's not the same thing like when I go see, you know, there's other bands I've seen that I'm absolutely blown away by. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. It was fun. It was a good time. You know, we were tailgating in the parking lot, having some beers in the show, just singing along to, like, you know, some old songs and taking in the vibe. It was all right. Yeah. I'd go again, probably. Maybe not, though. I can't think I of the know. last time. I, I think the last band I went to go see it, it's back. You know what was crazy? The last time I saw them was 1999. Blink? Yeah, I was like 14 or 15 years old. Where'd you see them then? Uh, Darien Lake. Would you say that this show was better? No. No. No, no, no. Not better than, yeah. No, because you can't separate the time and the context from going to see the show. You know what I mean? Like, I'll always have a spot in my heart for a band like a Blink-182. And, like, I went out to see them and, like, it was fun. But it's not the way I felt about it when I was, like, 15 and went to see them. I've been told by uh, many uh, friends and lovers that I should not make assumptions. I make too many assumptions. Uh, I've never seen Blink live, but from what I've heard from people over the years, the assumption I've always gained was that Blink is not very good live, or at least originally was not very good live. Yeah, they're fine now. They do everything. Like yeah. they just sound like they play everything well yeah. now. It's not. I think when they were younger, that was kind of part of the thing where they're just like playing fast and it was sort sure. of sloppy. But they're, I mean, they're professionals. They've got big money behind them. Everything sounds right when they're what's, out there. What's the stage show like? Was it like, was there pyro or anything? Or Tons. Like, really? <laughs> Heavy <laughs> on pyro. Really? They had, yeah, they were firing off a lot of like, just straight fire cannons. Cannons that were shooting large flames behind <laughs> Travis Barker on the drum set. And they had like time fireworks going off to surprise people. Oh, man. Uh, these big video scrims oh. in front of all the banks of amplifiers and the drum riser. Oh. That makes me laugh. It was, a, it was a wild time. <laughs> you know, I feel like if you have that money and you're blinking on YouTube, just like yeah, we'll have pyro. I just think it's going fire cannon. Look, and I'm not, I'm not knocking them for having pyro. I think every major arena filling venue Everybody filling band has some pyro, right? Everybody should. Get uh, I'm just always curious what decision. It's an interesting decision. Like back in the day when I was playing in bands, I used to say the biggest impression you would give besides the music is the way you carried yourself when you weren't on stage, right? Like. Yeah, right. like you want to give off a vibe, whatever the clothes you wore, the style you had, right? Yeah. As I get older and I watch musicians play, I'm always intrigued by how they decide to present themselves on stage. Like, what sort of image of themselves is what they're going to project to the audience, right? Like, you go see Radiohead, and it's a lot of like crazy light looks effects. Looks a certain way, yeah. Yeah, it looks a certain way. Well, right? it is. I think it, that's a really interesting extra layer to concerts that I yeah. like that I notice and really appreciate when I see it done well at a show is the. 
the extra work gone into not only just like you know replaying your songs because as somebody who plays music i always think about what it'd be like to play the songs like Mm -hmm. to physically play but like the thought that goes into the set design and the stage production the way that you visually present yourself to the audience Mm -hmm. is Really interesting to see, and some bands do a really good job of it. I think it's all about knowing what kind of band you are. Look, Radiohead, I love Radiohead. Love Radiohead. But to watch Radiohead perform on stage a, a slower, less emotionally like uh, jarring song isn't always exciting. So the light show, you know what I mean? Like, watching you guys sit at a guitar playing a slower mid to, mid-tempo song isn't always going to be a rock and roll show. It's just going right. to be a guy standing there with effects pedals. It's not mm-hmm. something to look at. So the show itself encompasses everything. Whereas if you went to see Pearl Jam play, what you're really going to get is, like, two hours of, like... Playing. Playing. Just dudes <laughs> playing. That's it. You're not... No. I, know, I feel like they probably have lights. They probably got crazy lights. Not, Pearl Jam's got tons of money. I mean, they're not Radiohead, but Radiohead's, like, a carnival. That's a different thing. Like, they put sure. on a whole... Yeah, like myriad. Yeah. It looks like a spaceship has descended and landed, but I'm sure that Pearl Jam's got a really, really proficient light setup. I bet their light show's great. When we saw them, I feel like it wasn't much of a that thing. That was a long time ago. It was too. a long time ago. I'm talking ten years ago. Yeah. It, well, it's ten years ago now, isn't it? Ten years since Pearl Gotta Jam. Go see was, them soon. Yeah, I know. All right, uh, that was fun talking about bands. Um, all right, so this first section is, I think, there is always going to be at least couple minutes of me complaining about grad school going forward yeah all right that's a hot new feature rocketing up the charts yeah (laughs) grad school gripes (laughs) all right uh cliff montoni will be here in just a minute for segment number two so uh so let's take a break and we'll be back in just a minute Cliff Montoni doing something weird that I needed explanation <laughs> for. Uh, I walked downstairs today uh, looking for Cliff, let him know when we were doing the filming today, right. we're taping, and Cliff is in the basement, and I can hear him punching the bag, right? Oh, he's downstairs hitting the bag, hitting the heavy bag. We have a heavy bag in the basement. He's not. He's downstairs hitting the bottom of the bag with a hammer <laughs> because it's gotten too dense, and now it hurts your hand when you punch it. I, I needed some explanation because all you were doing was hitting a heavy bag with a hammer, and I was like, I don't know what this workout <laughs> I mean, is. He's just extra frustrated today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought this was some sort of like parkour or like uh, CrossFit type workout where you hit stuff with hammers that I was interested in. No, I am not. I'm not that advanced yet. No, no. I just almost like I hit it. I thought I was gonna break my wrist. Um. Well, welcome back to the show, buddy. Welcome coming to have it to see you out here now. Isn't it? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, you're in my calendar. It really? That's no, nice. I don't have one, but no. I mean, theoretically, you're in, you're in my do you mental keep calendar. keep a calendar? Uh, I do for work. Hmm. I started keeping it. a calendar. Yeah. I have a moleskin I carry around yeah. right now. I know that's a little pretentious to carry like a, no. day, a day planner yeah. or like a small, but I, I kind of dig it, actually. I keep one for bills. Oh, no, bills I let just yeah. fly by the way. <laughs> bills, bills come when, the, until I see second notice, I'm not really interested in bills. You're going to have a hard time believing this, but uh, my personal life, not so bustling that I need a calendar. I don't I've managed to fit things in just fine. 
Um, so, <laughs> I don't believe that. Uh, so, let's get into this week's topics. And a couple things I've noticed about this week's topics as I wrote them down is a lot of them are hard for me to define how I feel about them. So, let's start. Yeah, I know. So, now you're here so we can tell you how to feel. <laughs> yeah, you guys are here so we Yeah, so. Boy, let's, let's start with story number one, okay? Uh, so... I'll give the date and the event. It's September 17th. It's at the Odd, because I'm about to have a real opinion about it. Uh, we have an event coming up, guys, called the Guys Expo. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, guys. We're guys, right? Well, we should well, hear that, about that's it. what you mean by we. We are guys. <laughs> we as men have an event coming we up. We as men yeah. have an event yeah. coming up. The Guys Expo. Let me... Uh, this is the byline that I found for uh, the Guys Expo. Uh, come and celebrate with singer, quote-unquote... And TV celebrity, quote unquote, Brooke Hogan, uh, son of actual celebrity Hulk, a daughter of actual celebrity Hulk Hogan, as we celebrate guy stuff. Mm. What is guy stuff? You ask, right? Yes. What could guy stuff be? All right, I'm gonna shoot some stuff out here. You have these guys listed this as guy stuff. All right, so it's it, cold beer, certainly guy stuff, certainly guy. <laughs> I'll beer. take that. Uh, great food, which is not a, it's. It's not a guy thing. That's a human being thing, right? Great food. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they'll probably have, like, the real stereotypical type stuff that they think is, like, guy food. Guy food. Trademark. Guy right? Fietti. <laughs> if this was the Guy Fietti Expo, I'd be much more interested. Uh, okay, next. Hot Rods. As a guy, I don't know if you knew this, I love Hot Rods, Of guys. course you do. Hot take? Don't care about Hot no. Rods. You don't like Hot don't Rods? care less about Hot Rods. What about Hot Babes? Are you... <laughs> What are your thoughts on hot rods? I mean, and hot babes because these do are have, both. I have a lot of thoughts about hot babes. <laughs> do you? Um, yeah, sure, uh, <laughs> sure, plenty. Uh, <laughs> the other ones were power tools, which I, again I do like power tools. Uh, yeah. Uh, tractors, hunting and fishing expos. These are all, all right. the things that they have going on. All right. Now, mind you, taken separately, I don't necessarily have a problem with any of these events. Yet somehow I'm offended that I'm told that all of these things that I like are presented at the same time and I yeah. should be gassed about it. Yeah. Why am I offended by that? Uh, because you live in an outrage culture and you're looking for you're looking to be offended. I'm not looking to be offended. You are happy to be offended. I'm ha- well happy to be offended is something different. Happy oh, yeah. to be offended is a lifestyle. That's not. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm certainly. That's like uh, it's like it was like George Carlin said. I'm not proud to be an American. I'm happy to be an American. Pride means you had to work for it, right? Happy means that you're just happy that something happened. Here's the thing, though. You're not the target demographic for this event. But I'm a guy. Well, it's I, you're not their kind of guy. You're not the kind of guy. How does that make for. you feel? What they've done that, is they they've buried the lead here when they say the activities they're going to be involved. You look at those last couple, hunting and fishing expos. What was the other one? Power tools, tractors. The one back there. Power tools, tractors. Um, it's it. Yes, it does seem very condescending. A bit. <laughs> uh, no more condescending than when you hear the same stuff. Like it's gonna be ladies' night with all the stuff the girls like, mm. like wine and shopping. Mm. That's condescending as well. But the target demographic for these types of events, the people who are too, um, we'll say unaware, because that seems diplomatic, or sure. too unaware to realize that they're being condescended to. At the end of the day, these people probably have a great time. It would be a great amount of fun, but it does seem very silly. When I heard about it, too, I was like, God, what, do you, what guys? Most like guys, guys I know. Yeah, most of the guys I know were very confused by this. Uh, because as guys, I feel like we would have gotten the guy memo that goes around to all guys, right? Yeah. About the expo. Yeah. Uh, it's just odd to me. Now, uh, this sort of ties into something else that happened today. I was at uh, work today, and I work in a college campus, and we were taking some donation stuff that we received 
to one of the high schools so they can give it to the kids there, right? And there's a big giant box of pens. And inside this box of pens, there's about six boxes of, of pens called Bic Pens for Her. Wow. Pens for Her. You know what the difference between these pens and other pens were? They were pink. Pink flowery hey, design, right? How did I Apparently, know? we received these as a uh, as a donation from our bookstore because they refused to sell them because <laughs> no one would buy them. What? I think we've gotten past it as a culture. The there are certain things that you don't need men and female version for pens specifically. Pens, maybe pens one are of them. pretty unisex, yeah. unilateral yeah. in terms yeah. of sex. But if you can think, it, if if they can, if they think they can make it and sell it, it doesn't matter about. Bic doesn't didn't make those pens because like this is something the consumer needs. Bic makes that pen because like this is something that we can sell to idiots at the guys expo. <laughs> the guys. Like, yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? That's no, where like, you'll find all the guys yeah. pens. Honey, yeah. Honey, I came back from the guys expo. I got you some big pens for you. Pens for women. Uh, I don't I don't know what refers. I don't know. It's very odd to me. I think that that's a very like outdated marketing technique, right? You could have got away with that back like in the 90s, like, you know what I mean? Well, it's local it's I mean, it's it's local traditional media. Oh no, I don't mean I, what I mean the big pens thing. Oh. Like that's a weird thing. Like well, the whole damn thing. The whole thing guys expos okay. pretty guys bad too. Um, no, you're right though. It does seem like the back page of like a Maxim magazine in 2005. It does, right? Like it's very, very. And I mean, like I said, I'm not surprised. Um, it's just like they could do what they're trying to do and make it a little bit like more appealing. Yeah. Mm. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, I You know what I mean? Like they could strip it down and sort of clean it, make it a slightly different kind of event. It would be very successful and probably really interesting as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just the whole like guys, babes, well, strippers, dude. beer, extreme. Like I, I don't respond to that. Yeah, I no, can't. it's tough. Low key, I'm a guy. <laughs> Low key. Yeah. I like a lot of that shit. Okay. I don't like to be. You're told. a low key guy and an even lower key yeah. redneck. So a yeah, lot that's of what that I'm stuff saying. Is yeah, true. exactly. Yeah, tractors. <laughs> shut up, babes. Come on, <laughs> dude. Hot, but, hot rods and hot babes were next to each other in the byline. Yeah, I assume yeah. that somebody thought that was very clever. Yeah, and no one. That, hey, let's not leave out power tools now. Come oh, the power tools are higher on this list than mostly everything else I there see. There are going to be honest. so so many poor like promo girls getting sexually harassed in oh, this thing. Oh my god! These yeah. poor girls, it's going to yeah. be bad. Uh. Yeah, I see. I still can't attend. You know what I mean? Like, um, low key dude, low key redneck. Still, you don't all the power tools, all the power tools, and hot babes and hot rods and all that shit. Like, no. give so me a nice good. bottle of wine and some Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering, and we'll have a discussion. If I had, a, yeah, if I <laughs> had, a, what a renaissance! <laughs> if, I feel like if I had a guys expo for stuff I liked as a guy, it would just be Comic Con, right? It would just be right. like yeah, comic yeah, books yeah. and nerds and yeah, they do that. Yeah. Movies. yeah, they already have yeah. that. Uh, all right, so let's move on to another story that had me kind of thrown this week. This is an interesting story. Uh, so on September 3rd, there was a guest view editorial sent in by two former mayors of the city of Utica, Tim Julian and Dave Rafaro. Uh, and they uh, wrote a piece uh, sort of complaining about the increase in the mayor's salary to $98,000, which is a lot of money, uh, mm. almost three times what the median average in the in Utica is, which is $31,048. Right, so... What's, I'm, I'm going to say this. Robert Paul Mary, Mayor Utica, has been on the show before. So I assume before we even get into this, most people are going to say, oh, they're going to sit here and say that this is all nonsense. Well, to pull back the curtain, I've known Tim Julian for much longer than that. And I know Dave Raffaro way farther than all that because I went to high school with his son. Right. right. So 
I don't actually have any hot take on this. I think this is a really fascinating thing to see two mayors who were voted into office on opposite sides of the platform. I think Tim Julian was actually interim mayor first, right? He didn't get voted in initially. He voted the second time. I thought this was kind of interesting. I Very rare you see two local politicians, at least that I, to my memory, go after a current politician in office about something they did. And the weirdest thing about it to me is they kept referring to the office of the mayor but didn't actually say his name, and I don't know why. So I just wanted to throw this out here and see if you guys had any thoughts about this. Um, I haven't really seen it happen directly with maybe a mayor in a couple of years. I, yeah. This stuff happens at the council. I mean, these people are always going out and... That's the weird thing about living in an area that's as small as our area is. There's so, like, it's such a small area in a lot of ways that there's so much overlap in people that know each other and so much history and time and so many other things that go into it other than this is the mayor, these are the former mayors, you know what I mean? Mm. There's, it's a lot easier to have all of your agendas mixed in together in a smaller area where people are sort of, you know, swimming around in the same small Mm. circles with each other. And I think it's... I'm not sure. I don't know what the end result is. What's the that, I, like? What's yeah. what's the end game? I mean, obviously, yeah. this is, you know, this is going to be a big feather, you know, arrow in the quiver, so to speak, when they go to somebody goes to run against Paul Mary again coming up in the future. Sure. This will be a thing, and I'm sure that these two guys aren't, you know, above doing that. To I don't know. I don't. I just. I don't get what the motivation is. I don't yeah, see it. I don't necessarily think they're wrong. A lot of the points they brought up are fair. It's pretty. It's a pretty short letter, to be totally honest, written by two guys. Yeah, right? I didn't read it. To be fair, you only just I read told it. me about this, so I don't have a real opinion. You should go if it's it's worth taking a read. It's very short. Um, it just again, I don't know what the end game is. Like they had these. It almost seemed like they were talking about it just to have it brought up and see what kind of response it would get from the city, right? Yeah. Uh, I haven't read much about it since the third. You know what I mean? I haven't heard many of the people talking about this since it came out, so I don't know if it, you know, I don't know if it's been getting picked up at all. I just thought it was an interesting thing. I just, I was kind of fascinated by it when I saw it earlier this week, and I'm intrigued to see if Paul Mary responds to it because it doesn't <clears throat> seem like he has yet. I feel like you, that's a. I feel like you wouldn't. I, yeah. You wouldn't, right? Never yeah. respond. Never, ever, ever respond to trolls and haters. I say it all the time. Never feed the trolls. Wrestling gifts, thank you for listening. Those are the only two responses you can ever return with. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to one more story, uh, and this is actually uh, featuring our good friend, uh, Councilman Joe Marino. Uh, Joe Marino has uh, been talking a lot. He was in, this was actually an article in the OD as well that I happened to see while I was doing research on this by uh, Alexander Giroud, who does good work for the OD. I like everything he seems to do. Right thing to say. He's a good guy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so Joe Marino was talking about how um, we... Uh, they're trying to push forward the idea of having theme districts. Now, uh, what this basically... We already seem to have theme districts, is what he was implying. We just don't have uh, statewide designations for them. We already consider it, like, the Bag Square District and the Brewery District. And, um, you know, I'm trying to think of what the other... What would we say? Uh, would we say market District. You know, there's tons of places they're, they're talking about. We already refer to these places in terms like this. We just don't get state recognition if we did it would apply for getting grants uh it would make it easier to apply for getting grants right there were four specific areas they were talking about uh bag square district brewery district the bleaker street corridor and the downtown genesee street corridor they also said they're trying to find a corridor in west utica to do an area there as well i kind of like the idea of theme districts only because it does seem like it's something we already kind of do here and just don't really talk about it in a larger scale 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, everybody does it everywhere that you go. It's if they can get more grants and more things like that just by calling a certain neighborhood mm-hmm. something new or making up a name for it. On the surface, it seems just like really superficial and silly, like it's not going to change anything. But realistically, when it comes down to it, there's you know, in, it's it's 2016 and marketing is important. And being able to brand and market something mm-hmm. and sell it to the hearts and minds of people in perspective, you know, future residents, different things like that, that is important stuff. So if you can sit here and maybe, you know, there's a road that you couldn't get it fixed when it was, oh, yeah, this road over in West Utica. Maybe now if you're like, oh, can we get this road in, you know, the brewing district fixed or, you know, if we the bag square. If we can get more money for it just by giving a name and marketing it a little bit better and making it seem a little bit better, polishing it up, I don't see how there's a negative there to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. It seems like one of those things that people will hate on. Just I, I'm sure there's certain people in, you know, there's certain people that are going to be saying, like, oh, well, this doesn't do anything. It's just more, you know, putting lipstick on a pig, so to speak, and there's still all these other issues. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's something, and at least Joe Marino's pushing something through with yeah. doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any forward progress is good progress. I agree. There's nothing wrong with having a sense of identity, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, to take what would be an obscure numbered neighborhood. Or, Pride in neighborhoods yeah, is huge. Yeah, exactly. And to give it a structure and a name and say that you're mm-hmm. part of that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and i know mm-hmm. that we already casually do it but if you can identify your neighborhood you can work in your neighborhood you can identify who your representative is in that neighborhood those are all very good things well yeah. i would be interested sam to hear your uh your idea on it because coming from somebody who you know you lived in new york for a long time and the the idea of different neighborhoods is a very important concept down there you know what i mean like it is an important there are a lot of neighborhoods interestingly enough though it's an important concept to people coming to the city more so than it is to people who live in the city. That's exactly which it. Which is exactly the point, right? right? Exactly Like, it. I, when I moved to New York, you wanted to move to Williamsburg, right? You wanted right. to Brooklyn. That's the cool district where everyone wanted to move. I ended up in Bed-Stuy, which is another district which ended up being kind of cool, or a borough, pardon me. Uh, but again, like, once you live in New York long enough, you don't pay attention to those things, but people reference them to you, and it, and it builds this idea that there are different pockets of... Places you can go yeah. and do different things. Well, it builds it yeah. builds an idea Identity. in your head. Yeah. Like yeah. I've never yeah. been to Hell's Kitchen in New York in my entire life. I have a pretty good idea of what I think it is, yeah. having never been there. And the fact that you can sell that idea to somebody by using a shorthand term or like mm. a broad level of symbols or names to sort of describe what this neighborhood in your city or town is about and what goes on there, mm-hmm. what kind of place it is. That's positive, so I say, you know, go Joe. Mm. Let's get it done. Yeah. Uh, speaking of putting lipstick on pigs, that's actually the main contest at the Guys Expo, so it wraps around really uh, nicely for putting a lipstick on pigs contest. Ooh. No, what? No, what? Oh. Uh, also, speaking of putting a lipstick on pigs, let's this is where the... I thought you were going to wow. go. Let's get to this week's uh, interview. <laughs> um, you've heard him on the show before. Uh, he had been on many times as a co-host. Uh, he... He is a controversial and polarizing figure, to be sure. Uh, that being said, uh, he's also doing really, really important work in the city, and he's been doing really, really positive things for not just himself and Maiden Utica, for also the businesses we've been involved with. Uh, he is involved with this week's Downtown Get Down, taking place on September 10th all over the city of Utica. Please go to MaidenUtica.com to check out any information for that. But for now, uh, let's get into this week's interview with my arch-rival, my nemesis, the uh, the Moby Dick to my Captain Ahab, or the other way around, Mr. Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson. How much did he pay you to say all that nice stuff about him? Not enough. Glorious! No, I won't give in, I won't give in till I'm victorious! 
magic of editing. But uh, normally people just get the, the regular play of music. For your return to the show, I did uh, bring back the Jericho theme song. Oh, I thought you were going to glorious bomb it. No, do you want that instead? Yeah, I'll, put that, I'll put that yeah. instead. All right, so we'll play the glorious yeah. theme song. I'll have to write that down. Um, so, yeah, man, we're here in Maiden Utica headquarters, the new studios. Is that what you're calling it? I think so. Maiden Utica HQ? Yeah, MIUHQ. MIUHQ, that's yeah. not bad. That's not bad. Uh, and for those of you, you know, it's a new studio. It's a, I'm going to steal another wrestling term. Uh, new era, same old shit. Yeah. Typical day here at Maiden Utica. You are sitting down doing glory boy work over here with me while Katie's in the background doing all the heavy lifting, yep. doing all the, the business side of this. That... Burying everyone. <laughs> Let's give. That's great. Uh, let's let's give some context to this. Uh, you've been on the show many times as uh, as our third our third correspondent in the Aaron Higgins Cliff Montoni. Uh, once I think it was Chris Mandry role. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. Reluctantly. Yep. Reluctantly. Well, you haven't been on in a while just because you seem you've been real busy. Self imposed uh, exile. Self imposed exile. Yeah. yeah it's too low. Uh, but you haven't been on the show in a long time. But uh, only the very best listeners, the people who go way back, will know. Uh, initially, when the first five episodes of the show were put on SoundCloud, there was a sixth episode, episode number zero. Yep. Uh, episode number zero was done with no script. It was it was very bad. In the kitchen. In the kitchen, The yeah. only episode in the kitchen. Yeah, the thing, only episode right? in yeah. the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you were the guest. Yep. And Kevin and I were the hosts. You talked about, you went to Jurassic Park. Went to see Jurassic yeah. Park, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then, I remember, this was before episode number one, and Aaron Higgins... Yep. Uh, our original host got mad because we put out episode zero without her on it, yep. and she felt like we were trying to cut her out. And I was like, "No, that's not the case." Uh, but yeah, ever since the then, trials episode... and tribulations of the uh, Unicast from way back when, I guess. <laughs> so episode zero was deleted for uh, memory storage because we is that what, you, what it was? Yeah, we ran out of. I didn't have the. <laughs> it I wasn't just spite and anger. No, no, no. no. It was, del- it was the too re- good. The it had real to be truth. The, web, the truth is, I didn't want to pay. The money at the time for the worth the it. SoundCloud <laughs> Plus, right, to get the unlimited storage. Yeah. So what would happen is for a while, I would every time there'd be a new episode, I'd have to delete the last episode, right? And I didn't delete yours out of spite. I deleted yours out of necessity. However, when I purchased the SoundCloud that gave me the access to put everything back on, I did go back and put everything back on except yours, and that. Was, was out of spite. I got you. That was a hundred percent spite. That's fair. Uh, no, no, you know, <laughs> maybe I don't. No, know. no, no. I don't think, the reason we didn't do it, the reason we didn't put it back up, not because the show was terrible, which it was, um, was also because I feel I felt like it was important to wait a while. Yeah, save it. For I didn't because I didn't know you. The grand reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're because we're we're friends, even though you won't generally admit it in public. Or, never, never, never admitted in public. But <laughs> we've been we've become good friends over the last year and a half. Uh, and when you did the interview, the initial interview, uh, I was a I had no idea what I was doing, and I didn't know you. Right. So it I don't feel like we got a great conversation out of it anyway, and that's sort of the reason the show never. Yeah, it was like during it was like passport or something like brief promo or something. It like wasn't. That. It, it wasn't was, like and context of like it was a trial interview we didn't yeah. even i didn't have any context for what we were doing for the show i didn't know how to yep. frame everything so today we're actually going to go back and do a proper interview with you and we'll go through all the all the general stuff i've been doing with everybody in the last 63 episodes since you've been here yeah um, and 
And this is sort of, you, it's not the 168th episode, which yeah, is what you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we'll cause 60, a scene, but. 63 is pretty random. You wanted a random number, yeah, you said. Yeah, I think that's fair. And the timing of it's pretty cool because of the space and all yeah. the stuff and everything. So it just seems uh, appropriate, I guess. Yeah, it was against my better judgment to put you on here, but everything seemed to be in a nice little perfect Look, lead admit up. that you didn't have anybody, and I've been talking about it for weeks, so you're like, finally, like, whatever, I'll just do it. <laughs> it's not that I didn't have anybody. I would have found somebody. It made sense. <laughs> you have been asking me to be on for a while um, as an interview, not as a as a co-host. Yeah, I'm done with co I'm done with that. I'll, it's, never do, it's, I'll never do that show again. It's not a lot of fun, actually. It's stressful to do. Like, I like it in hindsight. I like it in the build-up, but when I'm doing it, it's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into the interview, though. Let's talk about you, Justin Parkinson, and let's start... Uh, what would you... What's your byline? Justin Parkinson, owner, uh, main man, head honcho. What's your, what's your MO, man? Uh, I don't... We don't really have titles i guess like a co-founder was but i mean that I, I put the site together um and did a lot of the bulk and build up for the made in utica stuff over a few weeks leading up to mm-hmm. saranac in 2014 but at that time um mark was heavily involved my buddy zach who's in virginia now and then talking kevin. About, uh, mark simon yep. zach, zach wilson, wilson and, and, then, and kevin yep yeah. so um i met up with kevin randomly nail creek was mm-hmm. uh, just talking about this idea that i had um, he at the time wanted to do some editorial type. He wanted to get into blogging. He wanted to write essentially. Yeah. So a lot Good of stuff. Yeah. And um, I'm still waiting on his. Well, he has one article out there, the par- the parking ticket one. Yes. So we got one article out of him as the he's. I think he's listed as like the chief editor of Made in Utica, and he's cool. like done one article. Well, so. I, I heard an interesting theory last week that if you're a creative person, it's hard to pour creativity into more than one thing at a time. So. Uh, for me, we always ask why I'm not playing music. Because I'm so involved in the podcast, it's hard for me to take that creativity and try and focus in other directions. If there wasn't a podcast, I'd have to find something else to pour back. Right. Because I think creative people in general have to have yeah, a even, forum. Yeah, uh, even writings with you, too. You've been saying you haven't touched that. I haven't that touched it since right. I came back because right. the podcast has become my new creative outlet. Yep. It's hard to have multiple creative outlets yep. at one time. But but anyhow, so Kevin and Zach and you and Mark. Yep, and Joe. Yeah. And Joe. Joe and I did a lot of uh, – I worked in Oriskany Falls at the time at the ad group, which is a 35-minute car ride. And Joe worked there with me. We used to carpool. Yeah. Uh, TK still works there. Tom um, Peterson, yeah, yeah. So TK and Joe both – got. they both came with yeah. me when I was, was there. So um, right, some well, of the core was kind of started in that. As per usual, you're pulling me way off track yeah. for where I want to start. So let's, let's put a pin in this for just one right. second. I can see where we're going here. I want to start with you, though. Uh, one of the first things I ever knew about you was when I was living in New York, I came in contact with the Maiden Utica Twitter handle. Uh, my buddy, my buddy Adam Goldstein, made a joke to me, said, isn't that guy from Chittenango? <laughs> so we used to laugh and call you Mr. Maiden Chittenango. Uh, when I met you, I found yeah. out that that was incorrect. You're actually initially from Canajahari, yes. uh, which is where you were born. Yes. Uh, no, is- I was born in New Jersey. but I really? grew Yeah, Mount Holly. My dad was in the Air Force. Mm. So, like, I was in back upstate when I was, like, a baby, you know. Mm. Uh, he was in the military, so that's he was doing the Air Force thing. So mm. that's I was born on a base, I think. When did you get to Camp Jerry? Uh, like early. I wouldn't, yeah, when you uh, one, I don't know, a baby, basically. I think my sister was born mm. at that point, so maybe a year or a year and a half or so. Like I was hardly in existence. Your I sister guess. Jordan, you're talking about, yep. and she's your only sibling. Yep. All right, so I've met your sister many times. Uh, I want to say I've met your mom before. Yeah, you probably have. I don't think I've ever met your dad. Is he around? Uh, he's been here. He came like you met him. You met my mom. Remember, she was cooking in your your kitchen during yes. Thanksgiving. She, yeah, 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 yeah. She walked in. 
Much like you, she was just in my apartment when I wasn't there. Who do you think told her that? You told her it was okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's very typical. We needed a second stove. Yeah, it's fair. Just go use Sam. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I like. I I appreciate cooking. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. But I don't know if yeah are your parents still married? No. 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 My dad lives in Virginia now, so he's come to visit. You probably he's been here, and you might have come across him, but like once or twice in our current residence. Yeah. But yeah, they're. They come like once or twice a year. I just went down there in June, so mm. like it's they're a little bit of a dis. I was that family vacation. That was my dad in Maine side. I don't yeah. know. That's, yeah, yeah. that's why we were way out there. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, my mom's Syracuse. How um, old were you and Nate when that happened? Ten. Ten. So you were right in my wheelhouse. Yep. Is that tough for you, or were you all right with it? Uh, I don't know. I think as I'm older, I'm like resentful of it. But at, really, when I was younger, I didn't really understand. And mm. I might have probably lashed out and like done things sure. just like. But I don't think it, like, pro- like this is why I'm doing it, because I'm being bitter. You know what I mean? Like, I think I was just yeah. acting out just because I knew I didn't have, like, uh, a figure there who could, like, punish me maybe, like, two times a week is the only time I really had to deal with getting that, you know, because I didn't really... That's only interesting because I feel like I was resentful early. Yeah? Like, from, from eight until, like, my the end of my bitter teens, I was pretty resentful. And then as I got older, it started to make more sense. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, I understand why these people yeah. didn't stay married because they don't get along. Yeah, right? and see, I guess mine is... mine. I look at it now in terms of the way that I view relationships. I think I have a lot of lingering, like, experience mm-hmm. from being the kid of divorce. A couple, my parents have been married a couple of times. Um, I feel like I feel it more now because I... I yeah, bring like that push. And, like sure. I, everything's going to end in divorce, like my parents. So who yeah, it, it makes who you cares, s- you know. It gives you it gives you free license to be cynical about relationships yeah. and romance uh, because you just start to think that it's all it's all a yeah. joke, right? It's not all it's all crap. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's not always healthy. Like sometimes it's okay to be uh, defensive and be cautionary, but it's not always good to deny yourself like reality. Right? Yeah. Like to anyway. Yeah. Well, that's that we're getting off on tangent. So. You were in Kanjo. Yep. Up through high school. Yep. You got like, what were you like in high school? Were you like a preppy kid? Were you like a party boy? Like he was a party boy. A party boy. Well, <laughs> a party boy. Still a party boy. <laughs> party child. Yeah. <laughs> party toddler, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much like I, I was now. I was a little bit more active. I played basketball, baseball, and soccer. Um, everybody gives me a hard time still now because they can't believe that I actually used to do mm. that because I, like, don't wear sneakers and, and yeah. never put <laughs> yeah. together, you know. Um, but I, I played soccer quite a bit. Yeah. You're yeah, actually good. You're pretty good. Yeah, I, I used to be better. I, I, I didn't – I've kind of lost I – sh- I should be doing it more. But once I hit graduation with Kanja Harry, I was going to go play soccer um, in college. But I got to the point that I just didn't want to play. I didn't want to go to college. You midfielder? Um, striker. I played. It depends. It depends what team I was playing Makes sense. for. If it was a bunch of scrubs, I played striker. Yeah. If it was like a more balanced team, I played midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in high school, I played striker because we lost every game, and I was just like trying to score. <laughs> Glory boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well. So you didn't go to college for? No, I, I joined a traveling team actually right after that, and moved to Virginia with my dad. Um, so I think maybe that was part. Like I wanted to just. He was gone for like I don't know four or five years at that point. Yeah. I just wanted to go down and like hang out with him and uh, joined the traveling team and started into work. That, like, lasted six months, and I moved back to New York and just decided I was going to go to college because it sucked working at, like, a factory and yeah. seeing and playing travel soccer, you know? Like, wasn't that great, you know? Do you think... I'm sure the answer is probably no, but do you think in, in your head at any point in time you thought there was a chance you were going to be, like, really good at soccer? Like, if you had committed and doubled down at some point in time? Good enough where I could have I played in college and then maybe 
been yeah. a high school coach or something like that. I've coached ASO teams and stuff like that. Because um, I can see a different world where you're like a weird Tyler Twelman type who just like is decent in college and then gets a journalism degree and then is just like a soccer journalist guy. So that been, would have been pretty that cool. That could have been yeah. a good look for you. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, and I was doing broadcasting. I knew that's what I wanted to do in college too. I wanted to get right into broadcasting. Um, Did you have like friends in Kendra? Were you, like, you still close with anybody out there? Yeah, I mean, Chris was just here last weekend. Yep. Um, nice guy. I see some people. I don't go down there as much anymore. I usually end up in trouble down there, so like it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's too small. And, like it's just it is what it is. But uh, I, I see people occasionally from time to time from Kanjo, and I'm still in connection with them, obviously through like the internet and stuff like that. But and you went to H Triple C, yes? I did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we've talked about this many times off camera or off the mic, but. Yep. Uh, you seem to think that going to HCCC was a better call than going to a larger... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I agree with you to, to a certain extent. Um, well, a lot of it... I even just say two-year. Like, I, I think when you ask an 18-year-old person to make a decision about the rest of their life and what they want to do, and then you put, like, a forty or $50,000 bill and implication on that, it's a lot of pressure for an 18-year-old kid to just be like, yeah. I want to go be... A doctor, and then all of a sudden, you're two years in. It's like, oh my god, I don't want to do this, but you're on the hook for fifty grand or something. You know, you yeah. can't make mistakes when you're, mm. you have that much financial attachment. Sure. So two year schools allowed me to really, if I got going, I stuck with broadcasting. But if I wanted to get off the road, like I'm, I was going to lose a lot, and yeah. I could go and like kind of re, regather a lot of these things. So um, I thought Herkimer was great in particular because it was a two years that allowed me to really figure out if that's what I wanted to do. And also, it allowed me to be hands-on. A bigger mm. school for, yeah. for somebody broadcasting-wise. So something with Syracuse. Um, good school for broadcasting, obviously. Um, but you don't touch anything until you're in 11th. Or, uh, 11th, your, your junior year. Yeah. So you yeah, don't it's one of the knocks in, I've always heard, yeah, actually, So you're that. spending two years doing theory and your English classes and all that stuff. Well, if you're going to take two years to do all that stuff, mm. go to Herkimer and take all that, that, those mm. classes and then... Finish two years where you can actually touch equipment, and then when you get there, especially, you're way ahead of everybody, you know? Especially now in an era when the technology to do things on your own is so readily available, yep. I think the access to hands-on technique and practice is almost worth more than the waiting and watching because you can take those two years of practice and just go work yeah. on your own. Yeah, and that's me too. I'm, I'm super antsy and... and try to do pretty much as much as I can with as little as possible. Like, I mean, what we're set up with now, like, I, I like that. I like that thrill of it. So the formality and the big camera equipment, like, that stuff wasn't always, like, super interesting to me anyways. I just wanted to make stuff that people watched. Were you, uh, what were your grades like, college? Were you try hard? Were you... Uh, D for diploma. D no, for diploma, I, yeah. I, just, I don't know. Like, I didn't... <sighs> you, you call a doctor who got a D in, in college? What? Doctor. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. I was uh, never one for... I basically just did, and I still... I do enough to get by, basically. And then sometimes I try really hard when I'm passionate about something. Um, like, I took this one random... Uh, game class type of deal and I got the weather underground and I got really into it so like yeah. when I had to do my project I was super into that class yeah. but it's not like I didn't want to be like a game like type of major or something you know what I mean so other times I just do the bare minimum uh, I have a lot of stuff I want to get to with you um, so I'm going to try and do this as quickly as possible how would you what was the bullet points from you going from HCCC with your journalism degree uh, to starting Made in Utica like what year did you graduate uh, H Triple C. Oh geez, I I started I started H Triple C. 
and then moved to North Carolina with an ex-girlfriend and came back and finished like a, okay. sem like half a, yeah, like yeah. a semester and a half or something. Like sure. I took a part-time and then one full-time semester. So I was essentially done. It's a power move. Yeah, well, that was like 2009 maybe that I did that. Nine. Yeah, 2010, something around there. And then um, you were you were busting around for different companies for a while after. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I basically, when I got done with Herkimer, because I did a lot of hands-on stuff that I just figured I'll wait six months, I'll apply to a bunch of places. I didn't know if I want to stay in the area. But if I could get a job in six months, I kind of just do it because I didn't want to just go get more schooling because I didn't know sure. what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to go for more broadcasting or journalism. Yeah. It's a waste of money because um, you're never going to get paid anything to do it. So I didn't, I wasn't really sure what I wanted. And I got a job in like, I don't know, six days after college at KTV. Yeah. Um, and then I was working at Vernon Downs with a, another professor from Herkimer that got me that job. So I started two different jobs in my field within like a week of graduating from school. So I was just like, oh, screw it. I guess I'm going to do this. Did you overlap at KTV with my good friend of the pod, Eric Tuttle? Of course. That's how yeah, I know him. That's, know that's, me, that's yeah. my man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's just, it's a funny, small world of, we of, didn't overlap uh, though. I missed you guys by a couple of years. Yeah. I was up there, which I don't talk about much in the show when I was, I used to work for WBU 11. Yep. Yeah. So Eric, after we became friends, used to laugh about how those videos were in the archives and he had seen them. Yeah, I bet he has. They're yeah. up there. They're up there. there I, it's like the CW now, right? Yeah, yeah it's not yeah, the same thing anymore. Yeah. So you, I bet you they don't They're even... They're probably... Yeah, just... They probably just get rid of, rid of that it. Crap, yeah. and, like, it's not even... This, you can't use it anymore for anything. Well, those files are probably, like, very flammable, so they had to, like, remove them, you know, those old I'm school sure, tape reels or something. I'm sure there's definitely some stupid green screen footage of me and that <laughs> dumb frog that sings the song. I hated that frog. Um, all right, so... But yeah, I started KTV yeah. 2010, yeah. I, I'd say, nine or 10, something like that. And I was there for like a little over a year, and then UTR started up news. So at KTV, I was working there part-time, mm -hmm. weekends and nights. Um, I was in a union, which is a bunch of BS because I was part-timer. I didn't even, like, I paid all the sure. union dues. I yeah. got, like, no rights out of it, so I had to work all of the holidays. Oh, yeah. So if, if someone had to work a holiday with me, full-time was in the union, they got paid double-time. And I, like... Oh, yeah. I was just like this regular <laughs> guy paying my union dues, getting nothing. Um, so a job opened up at UTR that was Monday through Friday. I was going to be like the head of my my department as a director. I was, you know, with PCR and all that type of stuff. Sure. Um, and it, so it made it was just made a lot more sense. Full time, yeah. Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. no weekends. I have holidays off. If I don't, I get paid. You know, stuff like that. So did you uh, did you like that better, or was the, the schedule or the environment in general? Is it a better, was it a better move for you at the time? It sucks working Saturday and Sunday nights from 3 to midnight. Yes, so for sure. when I got out of that, I would have done anything to stop doing that. And I just didn't feel like at KTV I was going to be able to move up. Because there was like three or four people ahead of me and a union. Yeah. So like I, I was going like to take me forever to get a good shift. Yeah. I would have to be there for years and hope people just quit. Yeah, you for know? sure, right? Seriously. That's... And most of them have been there well, three to five years or something. It's like, man, they're like invested. The only, well, the only change is that people seem to turn over a lot, yep. especially in smaller television markets. You either do well and move to a larger market or you stay yep, there. But not on the production side. On the, on not the production side. side. Yeah. So That's as a, a fair director point, yeah. and like a sound guy, like, you know, if you can mix a live a newscast sound-wise, mm -hmm. you can do it in any city. You know what I mean? It's just if, you're, if you know it, you know it. So, uh, so let's say, uh, what year did you say? Was it 2014 is made in Unica? Yep. yep. Uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to ask you this question because this is a question that people ask me a lot and I never know how to give an answer. I need you to give me a byline for when someone says to me, what is made in Utica? How do I respond to them? What is made in Utica? Yeah. It is like today? Today. Right today. Uh, Someone comes to me today and says, Sam, what's made in Utica? How do I respond, fearless leader? We are... We're pushing more now. Yeah, I you think, like that one. Yeah, <laughs> our, our thing now is is we're in on uh, micro communities and placemaking has been something that we're getting into. Both kind of buzzwords at the moment, but like... Um, <laughs> 
but micro communities is what we do is we build a community within a community online. And we do some other, you know, some techniques to, to spread out the word about businesses and things like that. But essentially what we're doing is creating a, a community within itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're a small sector of Utica uh, with people with the same interests. So, so we're a small version of like a larger community. And mm-hmm. then we, we do everything digitally to, to put it into a real world application. Mm-hmm. That's where like placemaking comes is, is finding places around town and, and making events and doing things and then bringing those people that you built up through this micro community and then get them to face-to-face exchange and then participate further in the community, maybe in spaces like Franklin Square that hasn't been used, yeah, like something like sure. that before. So a lot of that type of stuff is what we're doing and it ties into the, the growth and the branding of, of small businesses made in Utica type of things, I guess. Yeah. It's a lot of jargon I don't understand, yeah. but it's Interesting, because if you were to ask in 2014, yeah. what would you say that made Utica was uh, then? A crappy blog and a business directory. Uh, fair enough. Okay, that's yeah. fair. That's real. There was, uh, no, no, there was really not a big niche. Like, I have no idea. When we first started, we were just kind of winging it. Mm. Yeah. Now, what would you say, and I'm glad you bring that up. I'm glad we got here, because I'm curious, in your opinion, what you think the defining shift was. Like, where did the shift happen from 2014 uh, web blog to 2016, like, social media community, micro-community building the format? The Passport, the first year, and that was, like, I think we were in business or whatever, you know, organizing for a month and a half, maybe, maybe less. Mm. Um, and the Passport came about. We, mm. we put the original Passport together with 10 businesses. I, took, I had two weeks or 10 days, like, very small amount of time to get it because it was really last second. I wanted yeah. it by July 4th out and printed. Um, so I think that's where it kind of shifted because I had to find 10 businesses who would like do deals for this book with a guy they've never met before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to do it in two weeks and that's design, confirm, print, ship, all of that stuff. And that really forced us to like be super active and, and following up and talking to people quite a bit. Um, where you meet a person like Tim at the dev, I yeah. sat in his bar in 2014 trying to pitch the passport to him and now we're running, you know. Mm-hmm. We're here, you know? So th- that was probably it in a very, very small scale. But that was what mm-hmm. g- kind of gave us an identity because people just started knowing us for the passport, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to throw two things at you. That I think that's re- I think that's a fair, fair answer. I would throw two other things at you from my perspective and the outside perspective. One, uh, I don't think that you are appreciated enough for your web design. Mm-hmm. You are an excellent web designer, and you do a lot of really excellent work that goes under the radar and it really helps to set, I think, the website and even the videos and stuff and the content all apart. I think that's been a big part of yep. it. For, again, looking from the outside, yep. uh, that's something that I think you don't, you personally yeah, yeah. don't give well, yourself the, the enough design, credit for. The design on the website definitely got a lot of attention because <clears throat> we were doing like flat design before a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it was just really kind of like, just flat, it's flat design. It's really, it was just cool and, and different and trendy and colorful. And, and we yeah. kind of like, create an identity off of that vi- bright, vibrant, like, sure. flat design mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, websites or whatever. So when Made in Utica started in 2014, mm-hmm. uh, you were primarily the voice on any social media platform. You were probably the only person doing any of the real yeah. uh, contact with people. Yep. And we'll get into that in just a minute. <laughs> but I would say as well, over the last two years, you have, you do seem to have relinquished a little bit of the control to other people over time. Like there's, you're not the only person whose voice is heard now. Yeah. Uh, speak on that for a second. Do you think that was a, <laughs> I think that was a good idea. Uh, I, I still like having a voice in Twitter. I think yeah. it's a different animal and environment. Like when you talk to Uticans, like Facebook's a different, completely different audience. Sure. Of who we reach. I think Twitter, I can still 
be myself. You yeah, you well, well, I think the audience is a little different there. They're they're, they're you are more aggressive, but that's fine. Audience. Okay, whatever. They are aggressive. No, you you more than most people. You actually should have a personal Twitter account. Your personal Twitter. I account. do at Mr. Man in Utica. Kevin runs it for me. Yeah, you're not supposed to tell people. Oh, <laughs> ruin it. Yeah, you ruined oh, it. Think about Bill Clinton's running his own Twitter. No, I'm gonna start running a Kevin Twitter. You right? should. We should all start running different everybody for everybody else. Yeah. yeah, I'm cool with that. Uh, no, I think though it's been good because it, I think it has helped to expand. Oh, for sure. Uh, you for know. sure. It is like um, even from with, with Katie, with Jill, um, these guys do like marketing and, and branding and advertising type of things. They follow a lot of social trends. So it also alleviated a lot of pressure because um, Jill would like come up out of nowhere with like, uh, do you remember the what color is the dress? Yeah. She like put up a UC can and like made a comment, like just stuff where she's so relevant and now and was yeah. trendy. It she's takes a good. lot of like pressure mm-hmm. off of me mm-hmm. to have to like follow all of this like pop culture yeah. stuff I don't really like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then the same thing with Katie is that she puts it on like, a, we're just so scheduled and routine. Like it's just, yeah. I was all over the place and everything's like so much more regimented and like disciplined now, I guess. It's not the Wild West anymore. Um, I do want to talk about the get down for yeah. a second. Uh, September 10th, this yep. is your big next upcoming event. Uh, you and Katie and everybody else had a lot of, to do with this. Why don't you talk on that for just a minute? How did this get, how this idea come about? UMAF got canceled. Yes, it and did. And then uh, we wanted to do something in the place. So we R. had R. about... R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> um, we wanted to do something. We had six weeks, basically, by the yeah. time we heard about it and if we could get it together. Z said we should wait till next year. Tim Schramm said we should wait till next year. But Katie and I were just like, let's do it. We can, we can do it. Um, the concept and the plan came together really quick of just market, bags, Franklin, because we can use all those spaces without, sure. like, any effort. Like, yeah. we already do, and we know all the people there. Like, poof, done, easy. Yeah. Get Tim to do some music, done, easy. Go creative concerts for Saranac and stuff for Humphreys and a post show at Nail Creek, done, easy. We do stuff with those guys all the time. Yeah. So a lot of the assembly, like, in the head was really mm-hmm. easy. Um, but it, it's come together so quick and, and, and easy. I shouldn't say that. I keep saying it. It's almost too easy. But, like, just because there's so much support of all these other businesses and, and musicians and artists who are, like, really putting their time and their efforts and a lot of volunteer work to, to make this happen, which is... Uh, pretty amazing, but like that doesn't. We don't. We're not even close to getting this thing done if we don't just have you know five buskers email us in a matter of twenty minutes saying right. that they play for nothing. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Well, they're buskers. You know they'll. they'll we encourage you to throw them money when you're hearing them play. Yeah. Um. So like a lot of stuff like that, and then Zeno with Newlywed and, and Franklin Square with Bite. Like that was just easy. That was like an, a Facebook message maybe or something, and it like all came together just like that. Yo, the busking lifestyle is tight though. I used to know a buddy in New York. My buddy. Um... Coyote and Crow, look them up. Ah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Someone tagged them as a recommendation. I reached Dude, out to them to see he, if they would come do it. They used to be on the Bedford L platform on the L train on, in Brooklyn, going into Manhattan, and you would catch him, and he was awesome. Yeah, really good. They're, they're, Didn't they have some go viral? I think. Yeah, man. That busking is a crazy like subculture. Go up, yeah. when you get home. I'm gonna look up busking on YouTube. We're gonna yeah. watch all busking videos. Um, all right, so we're gonna play a game. Okay. Uh, I've never had never played this game before. It's called <clears throat> Accurate. Or overblown. And today's subject matter is critiques of Justin Parkinson, the human and businessman. This is going to be a lot of fun. So today, we're going to start with the first critique um, that you, as a sports fan, are a front runner for being a New England Patriots fan, San Antonio Spurs fan. Uh, justify uh, your front runners. Is this accurate or is this overblown? Overblown. 
Um, Drew Bledsoe is the greatest living athlete of our generation. You're wrong. Possibly anybody's so generation. Wrong. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, you were not a Bills fan, clearly. No, um, I became a Patriots fan when Drew Bledsoe out of Washington State got drafted mm-hmm. number one overall. I like Drew Bledsoe, and he went to the Patriots, so I started following the Patriots. I don't know why. I was a big college football fan at the time, um, like Michigan. So I followed a lot of college football, mm. and I just really liked Drew Bledsoe. I just could sling it. And so when he got drafted, I was like, that's my favorite team. Because I was still, like, seven at that time. I didn't really yeah. like the 49ers, so my dad did or something. And, like, I think I was a Notre Dame fan at yeah. one point, Villanova basketball, just because my dad likes stuff. <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> when I was a kid, I would pick teams just, like, every week. I'd watch a couple games and be like, I like this team. Yeah. I like, yeah, yeah. I, See, I, I would rather about, yeah. be, like, conceived as, like, a front runner and then sit here and say, like, oh, I like the Red Sox and Patriots. Uh, my favorite colors are red and blue. Like, that's I'll how say- people pick favorite teams <laughs> when they're kids. <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, I'm actually going to agree with you at this being overblown because, uh, to be fair, you do generally have reasons for why you like these teams. They're terrible reasons, but they're not generally reasons. I'm a Timberwolves fan right now. You're a Timberwolves fan. And you're an Everton fan. And Everton. And they never win. Exactly. All right. So let's move on. So, okay, I'll say that's overblown. Front running. Uh, (laughs) Next one. Accurate or overblown. You cannot be trusted to not lose any item you own, whether it's a cell phone, your wallet, keys, someone else's stuff. Accurate or overblown? You can't stop losing things. Accurate. I still don't have my license. Highly accurate. For a week. Highly so accurate. I left it in Syracuse and then got it returned with Mark Simon and then saw him yesterday and forgot to ask him for it, so I still don't have it. You're not allowed to have the keys to your office. Yeah. Because you... <laughs> I just found the keys to our apartment um, <laughs> yesterday, and I didn't have them since we moved in. I'm going to pull back the curtain for you folks. This is a very... My favorite Uticast story. Uh, one night, me and Kevin got oh, back Jesus. from an evening of <laughs> intoxication. It was a good night. Mm. Uh, neither of us was driving. It was a safe, responsible evening. Anyhow, we were both highly intoxicated. Uh, Justin Parkinson left his wallet on my chair, to which me and Kevin found it, laughed about it, and put it on the fan yep. in the living room, on the ceiling fan. Yep. It stayed there for almost six months because we didn't remember where we put it, Yep. and you couldn't find it. Yep. It's a real I thing. I refused to refused cancel my bank cards and everything because, because I knew, knew it was somewhere. Yeah, we I was knew it was it. somewhere in the house. We just couldn't find it. And you didn't want to cancel everything. I don't remember how we eventually so found long. it. I just got my card back. I just yeah, lost just, my card and just got it in the mail. I, like, literally uh, used it once, like, that night maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were out, it was the first time I even mm-hmm. used I just activated the card. So I was like, I'm not going back mm-hmm. and doing this. I will find it. It'll be somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just lost my cell phone after the sign lighting for a so, month. It was under my bed the whole time. Accurate. Yeah. I'm just going to say <laughs> accurate with that one. All right. So, so let's move on to the next one. Uh, particularly in the early days, not so much now, but still occasionally, you, Justin Parkinson, are too confrontational for your own good, accurate, or overblown. I'm going to say overblown. Overblown, huh? Um, Even if it is accurate, I think some of the stuff I have no regrets about because... (laughs) You don't say. Yeah, so, okay, so (laughs) fine, say it's accurate, whatever. Um, (laughs) Go ahead, no, no, please. Um... Because we're, we're, we're fighting for, like, just respect and kind of, like, acceptance from community and peers. And so, like, when we get shit on, I'm just not going to take it. Like, if our passport's called that stupid little coupon book by, like, some head of, like, a major place that can just, when he says stuff, like, really hurts us. You Talking know about CJW? I mean? uh, Who's the guy who said that to us on Twitter? M. No, no not he. That, see, and that's the same point. That's the same person, but it's the other one. Um, M. See, with the... You could just say the names. I'm not going to offend uh, anybody. Caswell with the comments. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, that was, like, one of the first beats, I guess. And it was just, like, all you this You love to get stuff. in fights. Well... I'll tell you, well, look, I think this is accurate, but 
I also feel, to a certain extent, and maybe it's just because I know you, it's like, uh, it's like making you an inside dog. If, I, if you were to not be confrontational, you would not be the Justin Parkinson. That, you're not the Justin Parkinson we want. You're the Justin Parkinson we need. <laughs> Do you understand? Do you understand? You have a little bit of Dark Knight thing going on. Uh, so I will say that it is accurate that you are too confrontational, but I wouldn't change it. That's I exactly. I think so that's even okay. Even if, if it is accurate, I feel like it, I'm put in those positions because I'm defending the stuff that we're doing and I'm passionate about it. So some of it will come off very confrontational yeah. because I believe in, in what I'm saying a lot of the times, too. It's like, just don't. <laughs> Don't bury like what we're trying to do here, you know. This makes me Commissioner Gordon in this scenario. Great. I don't know what that makes Kevin Bane. I'd imagine Catwoman. Good. <laughs> don't tell him you said that. Robin. Uh, all right. So uh, let's go to the last of our uh, our critiques for Justin Parkinson. Accurate or overblown? You listen to terrible, terrible music. I think this is highly accurate, but please defend yourself. That's <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not for everybody. <laughs> I'm very diverse in what I like. I'm really big into like disco and soul and funk. You, so I like to find a lot of modern stuff that reflects mm. that. So yeah, it gets a little I, weird sometimes. I don't. I don't think this is a critique you actually get from people. This was me trying to egg you on, but you do. This bothers me because you have a very hard to define music taste. I don't know if I ever listen hear you listen to music, and when you do, it's usually something I've never heard of. Uh, it's never offensive. You, the music you play always sounds like the music that would be on in the background of a movie while people are talking over it. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, I, I don't yeah. know like if I ever pay attention to any of the music you play, but yeah. it's on. I hear it. I don't know. You like The Who better than Led Zeppelin. I guess which you could is, defend yep. that, which is yep. wrong See, man, on so many levels. That is. I love The Who, and it's still wrong, man. The Who is, is my favorite probably. Uh, James Brown and The Who are yeah, my fan, Paul Simon. Um, those three are like go to. I'll listen to that anytime, especially live by any of them. I like live music a lot too. So yeah, like to listen to you do like live we music. We were listening to live stuff when you came in, like yeah. group love. I like like group love. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like modern, like Grizz and Gibbs and like all these other mm. guys. But I think they're making sounds that mm. brings me back to music. I like like with the '70s, like that kind of funky like soul stuff, you know. All right, we're starting to go a little long here, so let's get into the... Unsurprisingly. Unsu- yeah, not surprisingly. Uh, I was going to ask you about your weird wolf fascination. You seem to like wolves a lot. You got a weird wolf thing. Yeah, just into them. You had a weird animal connection. You care more about animals than you do about real people. Talk about that for a second. What's your thought about that? Why do you have such a connection with the animals? I don't know. I'm, I'm really into dolphins. I think they're like... <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, wait. They're wait. the underwater, like, ally. <laughs> wait, like, they what? are humans of the sea. I think they're the most incredible. I've never friends. heard you talk about dolphins. Are you kidding me? I've never once heard... In our entire time we've been friends, I've never once heard you talk about this weird fascination with dolphins. Well, I hate sharks, and dolphins can fight them. I like sharks. You, so you like dolphins, but you don't like sharks. Yeah, I'm terrified of sharks. It's the, I'm afraid that's, I, if I die by shark attack, I, it would, uh, it's my greatest fear. Shark attack's your greatest fear? Or right? Native American, Indian, like a... a, a indigenous peoples, indigenous, yes, if I, get I got, it. Like if I was living in the 1700s and my village got raided, that's the worst way to die, second shark. Shark attack is fair. I'm not a big fan of water anyway. I like sharks, though, so I feel like... Uh, what maybe, would you rather do, get bit by a shark or scalped? Uh, scalp by a shark biting you. That a scalp by a shark would be crummy. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, like a shark with a tomahawk. That would be pretty tight. Like he's just swimming through the ocean with a tomahawk. That'd be God. That would be horrifying. It's like a velociraptor on a motorcycle. Like, what's the point? But oh, God. like oh, anyway. All right. So, uh, so I'm glad we touched on that. Uh, so again, September 10th, uh, downtown get down. Yep. Uh, it's going to be taking place starting at uh, 
Public market? Yeah, so public market, 9 to 1. Nine uh, to one. Yoga at 9, which is going to be kid-friendly, like That's a very awesome. easy beginners too. So it's not a kid's yoga, but it's, it's for kids can definitely get involved, and then someone who doesn't do it that much can definitely jump in and, That's and do it. Um, and we're going to clear, I think Beth's working on a thing to have an area like actually sectioned out. So it's not you're not going to be sitting on pavement or whatever, so we're trying to work all that. That would be very yeah. hot and sweaty. So, yeah. So it'll be pretty nice, and then the Gleamy are going to play afterwards. The Gleamy Family Band, the Gleamy Project, they're going to play Gleamy eleven to Projects. one. Yep, they're going to play eleven to one, and then from there you can go up to Bags. We're going to have all the buskers, yep. and then we're going to have some uh, some photos and uh, abstract art up to our up Bags, and then into Franklin Square. Newlyweds taking over from one to six. Um, then we're going to have Tony Thompson and I think Tim Rand. Right, she here. Tim Rand is going to be, uh, they're going to do some live art with, with some yep. music and then a vendor fair. He's very um, good. So there'll be some local businesses there representing uh, their businesses for you to check out some of their goods. And then nighttime kicks over where you can go to the Dev with Dracula Tron, who Anthony had. Oh, yeah. Um, the they're Tram great. is doing a special open mic. They normally do it on Sundays, but they're going to come in and do Hell a yeah. Saturday one. So that's a super local music showcase. So if you're into local music, Tram and Dev are going to have like a bunch of talented musicians from this yeah. area playing there. Um, and then you go over to the brewery. There's another option for you at nighttime with Umphreys McGee. Uh, and the after party is going to spill over to Nail Creek with the Souks and Band, which is like an all-star band built up of Vinny from Mo, uh, members Taking Back Sunday, uh, Conehead Buddha, uh, Shueho, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be like that ba- that thing after at nighttime, that all-star like band. Like if you're into Umphreys and Mo and, and that type of stuff, that's going to be, there's going to be horns and yeah. it's going to be incredible. Uh, well, it's a great thing you're doing. I'm glad we got this going down. I'm glad it's happening. You yeah. seem to be getting excited for it. Well, can we plug the Soul Train, too? Yeah, plug it, man. It's your Talking Disco, we can do uh, the 23rd. We want to sell tickets by the 16th to get everything going because we're, we're, we're giving away prints and posters, um, a glass. I think we're trying to work out some other details. Um, but you ride the Adirondack Scenic Railroad mm-hmm. to Remsen and back. There'll be music on the train, beer and wine train, so you'll be drinking and dressed in full disco. Your coat, please come in costume. So then we're going to come to Remsen, get off at the Remsen Depot while the train reattaches. We'll have some more stuff going on. Back onto the train, more disco music, back to the to Utica, and, and that's that's a wrap. It's only 30 bucks, um, so it's worth it to, to come out for. It's going to be a really good time. So... Yeah, so and dude, it's going to be... I've been trying so hard to do, to do a disco Just somewhere, once. and I finally... It took two and a half years, but I get a disco. That's like my crowning... This, this is like... You remember we talked, we talked about yeah, it before? Yeah, yeah. The Jurassic Park video was my like, make-a-wish <laughs> moment. Yeah. The Soul Train is your oh make-a-wish God. moment. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm going to be a mess. All right, so... <laughs> great. Warning. All right, so let's get into the lightning round. Uh, this didn't exist when you were first on the show. It didn't exist until no. recently. This is new. Uh, so let's start off with this one. Justin Parkinson, even though I already know the answer to this, how do you take your coffee in the morning? Uh, just cream. Just cream. Yeah. I take it all sorts of ways, though, actually. Today I drink it black because I didn't have any cream and I didn't mind. Most times I just drink it with cream. <laughs> you drink it black because I didn't have any cream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I come steal some skim milk from you. It wasn't worth it anymore. No, it's not. Um, and then... Like Katie brought a coffee over when we went to the market that was cream and sugar. I'll drink it. I'll drink all coffee all the ways. Yeah, all you, the coffees all the ways. You do love drink, coffee. I drink it You're all the time. You're a madman for coffee. Yeah, just give me something hot. No iced coffee. Um, what was your first car? Nissan pickup truck. I don't even know if I had a name. Is that like a Chevy? <sighs> yeah, no, S- Nissan truck. It's a straight up yeah, truck. Yeah, man, that's a real yeah, Nissan 88, truck. 88 Nissan pickup. Go scroll back on the SF Doom Instagram listeners out there, and you can see a picture of me doing a rare squat in front of a Nissan truck uh, in Manhattan. It's mine, really mine a great was photo. gray, and um, I called it yeah, the kitten man. because the whole entire the exhaust. Yeah, I called it the kitten because the whole exhaust fell off. <laughs> I was driving to school literally from Cadillac converter. It was longer than the length of my truck. I had to stash <laughs> it in the bed of the truck for a while. 
And it was so loud, I just told, like, a purred, you know, like a kitten. All right, so with that first car, where did you take it to see your first concert? First concert? Might have been before Cars. I've been finding um, that out lately. Yeah. My first concert that I actually, like, remember I wanted to go to, Vanilla Ice came to Northern Lights when I was in ninth grade. <laughs> Jeez. And it was just like, um, like yeah. that was the one where I wanted to go to it for some reason because I was just like was fascinated by that when I was a kid and I was like he was like doing some sort of punk rock. Thing. I don't know yeah, what yeah. he was doing or whatever. He came back. He was like a rock. Yeah, and he now. did. Yeah, of course, that. he did. Ice Ice Baby or whatever. It's like just the ice? greatest. Yeah, yeah. It was just ice. Yeah, V Ice or something. It was like Vice, but not really V Ice. Maybe V Ice. Yeah. yeah, I think it was something wow, like that. That's terrible. At Northern Lights, which is like what Upstate Concert Hall or something like that. Yeah, now, that was a good idea. Yeah, and that was an interesting show. But if, to take my truck to a show, man. That's a good question. It would have been, like, probably something with my friend Tyler to, like, was talking with Apache Chief to, like, yeah. some stupid ICP or Twisted show or oh. something like that. I was always suckered in because I had Ugh. a car, so I was like, oh, buy your ticket if you just drive me Ugh. up to Massachusetts. It's like, God. It makes my chest hurt. It All right. does. I feel, I'm embarrassed that I even said that. Give me, uh, give me one book, one album, or one movie you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Mm. Album, book, or what was the other thing? Movie. TV oh, counts as well. A lot of people TV, give me TV huh? as well. Um, I know you're a big Mr. Robot fan. Yeah, I would recommend that. Um, man, that's a good question. I watch I watch a lot of stuff. You're a big documentary Netflix. guy. Yeah, yeah. So I could recommend. I watch a lot of stuff. So like, I, I don't know anything in particular TV wise. I could go for days on this. I'm not even going to touch. It. I watch so much television. Like I mean, on Netflix. I mean, like documentaries and TV shows. I'm just fascinated by it. All he does is just watch reruns of The Office and Parks and Rec Simpsons. and 30 for 30s and uh, Simpsons. Yeah, it's always sunny. It's always sunny. We're going to watch when we get home. Yeah. Like, we need to watch that one episode. Yeah, uh, I watch a lot of stuff, though, because I'm just mm-hmm. constantly as background noise. But, like, music-wise, like, we were just listening to Group Love Live from yeah. um, Lollapalooza, like, a couple years ago. I like a lot of live music, so, like, it doesn't... I don't have, like, a set... I don't like CDs, like, in my car. I like to, like, it's listen pain. to, like, a live... Yeah. But just a live set of something. Yeah, no, I, I get like, it. I like live music, so... All right, and besides Maiden Utica, besides soccer, besides dogs, give me one <laughs> other thing that you, Justin Parkinson, are passionate about. Wow. Um, dolphins. Dolphins. I know. You've already Wolves. hit this. Wolves and dolphins, um, animals. What am I passionate about? Um, man, nothing. I'm soulless. Uh, <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah usually I, I hassle I'm, people You know what the that, problem but... is? I'm, I'm overly passionate about pretty much everything. So, like, even to the minorest of things, I get, like, super worked up about. So, I guess I, everything. <laughs> is that fair? Am that's I allowed that's to take that right. out? I just, I think it's my personality to be just, I kind of go into everything I do, like, very, very passionately, I guess. Remember, folks, you can follow Justin on Twitter along with everybody else, Made in Utica. <laughs> go to MadeInUtica.com. Yeah. Uh, downtown, get down. Go to MadeInUtica.com for details. Again, September 10th, this weekend coming up. It's going to be an awesome it's time. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. See, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't no. as bad as you expected, right? No. Easy. Yeah, it's, 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 you're now you can, a low-level podcaster. I think I'm going to be scared of you. You can go back to your I worked no. with Bill Warden at KTV, okay? Oh, yeah? You have yeah. the pedigree I, of go, him. Please. I, you think I wasn't there to the WB days to hear Vic Vetter talking to me, and I just had to sit there and nod my head? Whenever Bill Warden told me a story, I'd just shut up and let him talk for 20 minutes? I'm not doing I know. He was. I get it. That's why I let him talk. 
I was 13. All right, we're done here. I'm just, see, you got me angry now. See, I no, the no. you know I what, no, here's what happened. You, you have been egging me on for months because I've told you many times that these interviews never end with someone walking out. And now, you're, tr- and now you're trying to make me walk out, and I don't like I it. Thought, I no. thought about it all week. Like, you're going to walk out? I want to be the no, one who walks no. out. I'm just going to walk you're gonna out. You're going to walk so, out? No, yeah, I'm just going to walk out, go, and go. you can stay here, and I'm just going to Set in first here. Good. Hey, the show, the Uticast will be back right after this, unless it gets canceled like it should be. subject for being on the show but there's really no point because i i'm mean to him pretty much every other time i see him so uh thanks again i guess justin uh downtown get down september 10th uh again no maidenutica.com uh check out all the events it actually is a really really exciting event i'm really gassed up to be involved in it. it's gonna be all over the city and all of our favorite places so again maidenutica.com backslash downtown get down all right so let's get into uh the nonsense segment of the show uh, and let's start with uh, a beginning and an end. It is the end of the 2016 summer movie season. Guys, Labor Day is over. Uh, people are saying this is one of the worst summers for popular movies in the last, like, 15 years. To which I say good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to which I say good, and I'd be happy to tell you why that's a good thing. Well, please, go ahead. Tell me why. It's a good thing because maybe, maybe if if they have some bad summers, they can shake it out and stop making... Nothing but exclusively like rebooted superhero blockbuster movies. Right. Mm. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, man. I love a lot of these movies. I have a good time at the theaters with them, all that stuff. But maybe, just maybe, if we have a couple of car crash summers with all these big summer blockbusters, they can mm-hmm. shake things up and start making mm-hmm. an interesting variety of movies and go back to the way that things used to be before Spider Man 2 came out. Uh, nine of the top ten movies of this year uh, were either superhero movies. Or movies about animated animals. That was it. Those are the only two options you had this summertime in the theater for movies that were relevant. Uh, a couple of things people were pointing to. One uh, is really the expanding budgets of films, right? And a lot of this ties in together, so I'm going to try and tie these two things in together, really. Uh, as the increase in terms of budgets for movies goes up, what you're really left with is studios who are not interested in taking any chances at any point in time because every movie is so important. So, uh, Batman versus Superman, right, which was a big train wreck, and everybody hated it. I haven't watched it yet. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hate watching it at some point in time. So, like, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to it. That movie cost $250 million. You can't make a $250 million movie about strong guy, some new superhero you just invented. You're banking on the license and the intellectual property to help draw in where advertising and promotion for a movie might not, right? Um... It's just, and that's just... Well, and, so, so, so don't make a $250 million movie. Right. That's a fair point. But we've gotten to a point in time now where almost every movie is late, especially action movies, superhero movies, Pixar movies. This is all CG. This is all computer graphics. And that is insanely expensive. Yeah. 
insanely expensive. Is more we more we use computer graphics in a movie. That's why it costs two hundred fifty million dollars to make Batman and Superman. That's why like movies like Jurassic World and Ghostbusters have these such high overheads on them because of the budgets, right? And we've seen it. And now you, it seems like you don't have anything besides big scale movies or art house movies because mid level uh, twenty to hundred million dollar movies uh, have gone to TV. Those are all TV series now. Those are your Stranger Things of the world. And yeah, well, that, right. that's what I'm saying. They're gonna need to. They're gonna need to have a couple bad summers so that they can split back and go back to doing it that way. I mean, though that type of CG will obviously get cheaper. You know what I mean? Sure. It'll get much, much more inexpensive. Just with like any technology, as the technology exists for longer, it becomes more inexpensive. They'll probably eventually have to be able to hire less people and stuff to do it too. You know, when they figure out some, there's some different ways to do it where you can get in and write programs to make things, whatever. Sure. But I think that in the meantime, if they're going to see some falling apart with some of this stuff that's going on, I think that's great for the, you know, think of how many movies we liked from we were younger, growing up. Like those movies, like you said, like the $50 million movies, it's maybe not a huge Mm. Batman movie, but it's still pretty awesome. Mm. They consider the era between the 70s and the early 90s to be, like, the prime era for that because this was the era of, like, practical effects. Right. And you could have a big-budget movie that wasn't... You know, like, you look at the budget on a movie like Jaws, and it's, again, you have to scale it for time, but, like, there's just not as much there to cost that much money, right? Like, it's just a... It's props, right? It's how much does it cost to make props, right? Not as much as it costs to program computer, you know, computer programs and send in designers and spend three years working on... Computer data programming, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, so whatever it is they're doing, out whatever there. they're doing out there. Well, so I feel like just none of these movies really have any substance either. Like it's very much just a Michael Bay flick after Michael Bay flick, where you just sit there and have it, you know, because those are guaranteed to make money back. Yeah, generally, or less so now. Yeah, less yeah, so now, now, but you've yeah. got an audience that's well, actually no, hungry I, for a movie I, that doesn't suck. I get what you're saying, though. The, I think a lot of times with you know all this money spent, money spent on CGI. There's less money. That's money being taken away from having good writers and good characters mm-hmm. and different things yes. like that that go on. And I think that that's why you know you're seeing the people who really like character-driven stuff like that are such big fans of these serialized TV shows and the more cinematic-style TV shows because that's where that character-type narrative is gone because you can no longer find it at the box office at the movie theater. So uh, farewell, 2016 summer movie season. What was the best movie you saw this year? I feel like Deadpool was pretty funny. Deadpool was pretty good. I, I would have to sit back and think of what movies I saw this I year. I can't think of a single movie I saw this year. Uh, that wasn't a superhero movie? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it like, definitely wasn't a superhero movie. I went to go see Civil War. That was okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, all right, so let's, uh, let's say goodbye to that, and let's say hello to another returning um, What's institution in the United States. The NFL returns. Say goodbye. This Thursday. Uh, I don't know who's playing because I'm not as gassed about the NFL as it seems like the rest of the world is. We're uh, just getting old and jaded. I feel like I'll, no, I'll because old people love we don't NFL. like. No, yeah, old folks love the NFL. I think yeah. we're young and cynical. Young, really, yeah, I think that's yes. actually more there we go. Uh, yeah. more of a concern. And I, and I got to be honest, if it weren't for the Buffalo Bills and fantasy football, those are really the only two things keeping me around anymore. Like, uh, and even the Bills just break my heart every month. It's like an abusive relationship. <laughs> <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> yeah, I keep thinking she's, they're going to change, and they just don't. You know, they just treat me like crap. And i just like, no, I'll give them another chance, and this year they'll be good to me, and then it doesn't happen. No. And I just cry, and I'm sad constantly. Were you around for the mid-early 90s? The first... All right, so I wasn't around for the Super Bowls. I was around, yeah. but I didn't yeah. care. Yeah. I, I probably liked the Cowboys because they had a cooler logo with a big star and Dwayne yeah, yeah. and Deion Sanders and all that. I didn't yeah. care. And football didn't matter to me. Michael Irvin. By the time... Yeah, Michael Irvin, right? <laughs> By the time uh, football mattered to me uh, and I was actually into the Bills, the first major sad memory I have of the Bills is the Music City Miracle. For those of you who don't know, that was like uh, the last time the Bills were in the playoffs in 1989. 
uh, last-minute play to knock them out of the first round of the playoffs, and they've not been back since. Uh, just the worst. Just terrible. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care so much about the NFL. Uh, I know people seem to be gassed up about it. Yeah. My real hope for the rest of my adult life is that none of my nephews decide they want to play football. That's for all sure. I want. 100%. And I hundred percent. And honestly, knowing them the way I know them, I think I'm okay already. Yeah. I don't think either yeah. of them is gonna want to play yeah. football. Uh, I, I don't know. Kev, you got any takes on football? You don't seem to care much about football either. I don't. What's your big beef against football? I don't have a beef. Did that's exact. Ever... That's exactly it. I don't have a beef against it. It just doesn't really interest me. It's fine. I'll sit down and watch a football game from time to time. It's nice to watch with people. Like to watch the Super Bowl. It's nice to like go if you go over to somebody's house, you're hanging out with your friends, and you're watching a football mm-hmm. game. That's all just lovely. But I just don't really care that yeah. much. I don't know. It's, I don't have a beef at all. Do you? Are you, do you like any teams at all? Do you get me? You, yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I was raised a Giants fan. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. A Giants fan? I heard you. Oh, okay. Uh, no, so I, I do, and I actually don't mind. Like, I'll sit down and watch a game, but I don't have the discipline required to, like, commit every Sunday to anything, and thus I don't have the discipline required to be a football fan. Um, taking away the very simple fact that fantasy football is gambling, and I like to gamble, let's take <laughs> that out of the picture, right? Um, football has pretty much been co-opted by other sports for me. I would almost I would almost rather watch soccer or professional wrestling honestly more than I'd watch football. And also, I got to be honest, the concussion thing has put a little bit of a damper on it for me because when I do watch the Bills play or I watch a Monday night football game or whatever, I sort of get cringy now when I watch these dudes smash their heads against each other running at full speed. Like it's it it is tough to watch. It worked. PBS's smear campaign against the NFL and their pro concussion stuff worked. It got me. I have a hard time watching it now. That's my big concern about the NFL. That's crazy. It's true. Yeah, man. I don't know. They still, I mean, like, they hit each other. Like, you still you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But, like, you know, nine times out of ten, I feel like that's no different than what you see in, like, wrestling or something like that. It yeah. is, though, because you have pads on. And inherently, you think that because you have pads on, that you can be protected from any hit because you're covered. You want to get rid of concussions in football? Get rid of the helmets. Get rid of the pads. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There it is. Yep. That's no simple. more concussions. Yep. People will not be as interested in barreling full plow, uh, full plow into mm-hmm. you, head and shoulders first, if there's not helmets and pads yeah. to protect them, quote-unquote. I feel it like people crazy, are getting but... less and less concussions as time goes on. Like, the, it's been just I think... rapidly declining as they're making all these rules to protect the people. That's what I think the Aaron... concussions are less and less reported. I know. They're more heavily monitored than they've ever been. Mm, I... Absolutely. There's, there's a larger spotlight shining on concussions in the NFL today than there has ever been. They have much less room to get away with stuff. By outside forces. Outside forces, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying there's still, like, it's still paid attention to. It's talked about. Mm-hmm. Our, like, when our dads were growing up watching football, nobody cared. Oh, absolutely not. They right. made you no. go back out there. Now yeah. they have independent bureau of guys who are watching from the booth, and guys on the sideline mm-hmm. who are all watching every single player, right. every single play, and then you gotta to take see a if test. they look out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they call them out of it. They do testing. Like, it's still never going to be all the way safe because you do have big guys out there going real fast, hitting each other, you know, running into each other, but... I think that it's a better time than it's ever been as far as safety in the game goes. Yeah, it, it, and I agree with you, but I think we're going to find out probably over the next, like, five years that it, it's not even just concussions, that, like, just the impact, like, head-to-head impacts or head-to-ground impacts are bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's um, no It's not even concussions. Like, like, if you're a boxer and you get punched in the head a hundred times... You you didn't necessarily get a concussion, there's but you a, still got punched in the head a hundred times. There's a term for that. It's like subconcussive impacts is what they right. refer. Like you can and if you if you obtain however many subconcussive impacts over a period of time, it's just as bad or as worse as getting an actual straight up concussion, right? right? So 
Uh, and it's not, and I'm not going to sit here and just bash the NFL because I feel like most sports are going to have this problem. Like for as much as I love soccer, it's probably well, not. Problem with heading the it's ball. probably not yeah. great to head. 100%. Soccer balls a thousand times over like a yep. ninety minute period. It's yep. probably not great to take a body slam in your face. Probably not great to catch a line drive back in your face as a pitcher. All those things are super dangerous, yeah. I suppose. Something about football and the fact that I just feel like the NFL has a really shady, corrupt corporate vibe. NFL's a bunch of scumbags. They're a bunch that's of scumbags. Sure. I think I think that's, <laughs> that's part a of it too. Yeah. I think it weighs on it though. Like the, knowing how scummy an organization they seem to be behind closed doors does tend to make me a little bit more willing to buy into concussions, maybe, right? That's fair. Is that fair? Uh, yeah. So. I don't know. So that was our exciting NFL preview for the year. We got anything good for fall? Uh, We've been, I mean, we went pretty hard on the negative here. Huh. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, can, I can go this. Uh, we're getting into uh, Salvation Army uh, thrift store season. All right. It is, it is that time of the year. When it I start, is that time. It's that time uh, of the year. I start getting hyped up for, uh, for the, the autumn because I love flannels, guys. Uh, but one of the things I've noticed, I wear flannels all the time. I notice a lot of people pay money for flannels. You know, flannels are expensive. Yeah, they're very expensive. Well, <laughs> actually, they shouldn't be. Yeah. If you're paying What's money your for your, if you're paying my secret. Yeah, tell me. Your I secret. get all my flannels from the Salvation Army, folks. <laughs> because you shouldn't have to pay money for flannels. Flannels were meant to be purchased at a Salvation Army. A couple reasons why. One, you want that vintage, that vintage style that you can't get with new flannels. And number two. You want that vintage Salvation Army musk that you get from the store. <laughs> hey, so you know I? you know it was vintage. So you can go hey. home. Uh, but yeah, flannels are my go-to, number one, at the Salvation Army. So I came up with a list of a couple items that you are uh, either positive or negative for purchasing at the Salvation Army, all, right. all of which are available. And okay. we can go from there. All right. Uh, do you guys have any takes on flannels before we move past it? They're definitely a shirt. Um, you uh, you can sit there in your little teeny tiny average size tower, and talk about. <laughs> ah, I see where this is going. And you can talk about how anybody who doesn't get free dirty flannels from the thrift store is an idiot. That must be real nice for somebody who's like five ten with like a perfectly average build. As somebody up here in the six five range, I'll never find a flannel there. There's no flannels you, for me. There's there. no extra large folks who just absolutely toss. not. Because here's the thing, there's so many fewer that the market's picked over because people want them. And also, a lot of clothes being old there, there's stuff where it doesn't even really size like that. You find some old, you could find like old flannels that are donated by some (laughs) dude who had them in his thing in his closet in the 70s. Folks didn't grow to that size in the 70s. This is <laughs> older, no, older all computers and the microwaves in the houses. <laughs> all, all, all clothes are... It's funny. It's actually like you brought that up because a lot of times that's my one downer about buying clothes from the Salvo is a lot of times clothes are cut differently back then. I got a couple shirts that just are weird. I'm like, who is this supposed to fit? The arms are so long and the torso is so short. Uh, Made for an orangutan. It's an orangutan, right? All right, so let's move on. Uh, furniture. Yo, I think that really if you... Uh, if you're not a homeowner like like I like us like we live in an apartment right for all intents and purposes, you can really you can find some deals for. I don't care if you're work. a homeowner or not. I don't think that just because you become a homeowner means you have to all of a sudden start spending crazy money on like there's certain things of course like you're probably not going to buy a bed from the Salvation Army. No, that's definitely. Like I'm that. definitely not going to do that. You know sure. what I mean? But like when it comes to things like end tables and desks, tables, yes. chairs, dressers, all that type of stuff, you have to be diligent because you have to comb through a lot of crap. But you can find some really good stuff that's made like made well too because it was made back before everything was yeah. particle board and glue. And let's keep it let's keep it to the hard furniture only. Folks, obviously, I'm not a soft furniture guy. From oh, you're talking about chairs and things? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I can give you that point. Uh, yeah, tables, desks, yes. TV tables, 
uh, counter, things mm. like that. And that's all good. And I, I do. I have a Salvation Army chair upstairs. And as it was pulled into the apartment, I believe the first thing I said was, you realize you're cleaning that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. When you have a mattress or a furniture furniture that no. has cloths or things like that. Mattress is savage. Yeah, because you can't, because you can't know what it's like under there. No. Nah. Right? You just, you can't take no. a guess. Right, let's move on to, uh. What else you got? I got glasses and silverware. Salvation Armies and thrift stores are loaded yes. with dope pint glasses, drinking glasses. A lot of interesting glasses. glassware. Yes. A lot of interesting glassware. Unique glassware and, and diningware that you wouldn't see other places. Mm-hmm. Now, some people, again, probably skeeved out by the idea of using uh, silverware or cutlery that people have used before that. I say, that's a sham. That's what dishwashers and hard elbow grease are yeah, for. I Wash your dishes, that. you'll be fine. Yes. Every, every piece of silverware you've ever used in your yeah. life has been used by somebody, somebody else. else. You've never yeah. used it in a restaurant? Get out of here. Yeah. That being said, I don't really have much time for germaphobes anyway. I don't have a lot of respect no, for the germaphobe lifestyle. Like no. that's your get over it. That being said, I'm a little bit more gun shy to use appliances that uh, that no, I would I'm... get. Something about a coffee, an older coffee machine, or an older toaster, or an older microwave. I just don't, I don't trust why you would throw out an older appliance. I feel like appliances are one of those things where that's sort of where the line is between yeah, being right. thrifty and like being like struggling. Yeah, like, right? You know, like, there's a weird... Like, if, I mean, if you're... You know, listen. Mm. Listen, if you have no other option and, you know, or if it makes more sense for you in your budget to go out and spend $11 on a 40-year-old toaster at the Salvation Army, mm. I'm not going to knock you for it, whatever. But me, personally, I've never felt the need... With the exception of I've got, like, some cool, like, weird lamps and stuff lamps like that. Lamps are right, yeah. But, like, I've never felt the need to get, like, a kitchen appliance Kitchen like appliances are I've awful. Never even, I've never even thought about it. Like, See, that's wild to me that anybody would even think of it. I thought about it. I was not successful, but I was looking for, I would say, a waffle iron was a strong possibility. Something mm, like that. Yeah. Waffle iron, if you can get old cast iron. Or like iron, a bread somehow, oven. Things like that. Yeah, like a, yeah. Like a yeah, bread machine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cross out a couple real quick here. Uh, this one's for me. Uh, I always look directly at sports apparel because you can always find a good basketball jersey, baseball jersey. A lot of hand-me-down sports equipment is always nice to find in a thrift store. Mm-hmm. It's worth a good look if you're a guy like me who will just buy any basketball jersey just because it's a basketball jersey. Uh, musical instruments are interesting. Uh, sometimes. Almost never will you find them. Almost never. Sometimes. But mostly they're garbage. I would stay away from I bought that weird acoustic guitar that's in the front hallway, the one that doesn't really work, just like decoration. I bought that for five bucks at the Salvation Army. Good to do decoration. Yeah. Uh, make a run here. I'm going to say no to a couple things real quickly here, though. One, shoes. Uh, look, just personal. Not interested in buying old shoes. I don't know what it is. Generally can't find ones that fit. Also... Uh, for as good as the sports equipment and uh, and the furniture and the flannels and the glasses are, for some reason you can't get a good tie at the Salvation Army. Don't get a first store tie; they're always terrible. Uh, and first and finally, and we'll close out with this: there is one thing you should never, ever, ever purchase from the Salvation Army, especially the local one around here, and that's books. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't There's ever no buy books from the Salvation Army. To ever buy any of the books ever. from there. Don't even look at their books. Regardless of what a deal or selection they have, don't just leave them there. Don't look. That's they fine. may be reasonably priced. They may look appealing. You may have wanted to read the book for a long time. Don't, don't purchase do it. it from there. Don't. Don't purchase them from nope. there. Don't do it. Nope. Cliff is very confused by us. I'm so confused. Don't why do you, it. What do you, why are you confused? Just don't buy books from there? Don't buy Nobody books from there. Nobody should buy books from the local no Salvation one, Army. Flannels. No one else. Don't buy flannels from there either. Buy all the flannels. I don't care about the flannels. No. Don't buy the books. No books and no flannels. Donate no flan- your books. Yeah, donate, donate your flannels. Your, uh, donate your books and, <laughs> and flannels. Your flannels. Um, and we'll have an address in the uh, show notes uh, to where you can donate them. We'll take them directly to the Salvation Army. Uh, again, folks. Uh, we also accept gift cards. 
<laughs> would you again? Yeah, absolutely. Next time we cards, I can do that. Uh, we want to thank uh, Cliff Montoni, uh, Kevin Sullivan for being here again. Always a pleasure to see you gentlemen. Makes my week go by a little bit nicer. Mine too. What a great start. I uh, want to thank Justin Parkinson again for being on the show. Go to MadeInUtica.com for all the information about this September 10th. This Saturday's downtown get down. It is taking place all over the city. It's going to be a great time. MadeInUtica.com backslash downtown get down. Uh, until next week, folks, uh, I am Sam Famolaro, and we will see you next time. <laughs> Bad Boys 3 is going to save the movies. Bad Boys 3 is going to save the movies. It's going to resurrect the American film industry. It's going to wreck Will Smith's dying career. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.